Welcome to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Some of the most successful stories in business started from failure, sometimes even multiple failures. The guests on our program have faced failure, learned to understand it, and have used it to their advantage. You can too. Get ready for success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Welcome, I'm your host, Dr. Cheryl Lentz, and you're listening to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the radio show that teaches success through failure. This week's question for us, have you ever thought about running for public office? In a few moments, we're going to be talking with Dr. Valerie Weber, running for the State Senate in Nevada, about the process of running for public office on this year's November ballot. We have a wonderful opportunity to look at failure through the eyes of, A, an experienced politician, as well as a doctoral scholar and experienced college professor. What a treat for us. So let's first set the stage. There are two positions to think about. Up until I began my doctoral degree, I was a perfectionist, where failure simply wasn't an option ever. Now, many years after my doctoral program, more than 12 actually, I continue to believe that failure is the only option. Why the switch? Failure is that F word that no one talks about. Failure is a judgment word that many people simply take personally. So the idea is we are so afraid to fail that often we're just simply too afraid to even try. Failure can be thought of as simply as another way to create a process for thinking. As part of my first book, The Refractive Thinker, Volume 1, the Anthology of Higher Learning, I wrote Chapter 10, coincidentally, the same inspirational title for the show, Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Because the idea was if thinking is inside the box and critical thinking is outside the box, the idea is what lies beyond the box and what if it isn't a box at all? The idea is how do we think through the process of choice for the philosophy of problem solving? Learning through failure is how one learns to become an expert. So I'm going to introduce you to somebody I call Peter the Plumber. Now, Peter's a good friend of mine, and he's a good friend of yours as well, because he's going to help us teach us about failure, because many people forget why we hire Peter the Plumber to begin with. The idea is we're looking at the function of failure because Peter the plumber has more than 20 years experience in plumbing and he's certified in all areas. So when we bring him into our house and he charges us $100 for 15 minutes, many people going, what is going on? But we're looking for something what I call outcome-based thinking. We want to be able to have Peter fix our plumbing problem the first time the right way when he comes into our house. But the challenge is, is most people have a hard time because of the ideas we're paying Peter for his failure. Okay, stop for a minute. Don't panic. Yes, we are paying Peter for his experience of fixing our problem crisis this time, the first time, the right way. But in order for Peter to do that, he's got a learning curve and he has to fail faster, succeed sooner. Why? We don't want to learn plumbing. We hire Peter because we can't do it. And anything's easy once you know how, but the way Peter has learned how is through failure. And so the idea is many of us still are a little bit irked and even astounded that for a mere 15 minutes where Peter may charge us 100 or $150 or more because what we don't understand is that we're not paying for his 15 minutes in our home. Instead, what we are paying him for is, is his education, his experience failing before he ever arrived. Let me say that again. We are paying him for his learning and his failure before he ever arrived. However long it may have taken him, Peter knows what it's like because in the last 10 homes that 
that he learned about your uh, hair caught in the sink or, or stuck faucet or something like that. He has learned what to do the first time so that in your home, he's probably going to get it right more often than not the first time instead of all the other times he learned the failure. He's got this toolbox in his mind of understanding how not to fix something. And so in order for him not to know how to fix, he knows how to come into your home and how to be able to fix it. And it's called this idea of a learning organization. And we have it in our brain buckets, right? We have this idea of going, how do we learn? We don't come out of the womb walking, we come out of the room learning. And so you've got a little kid who's going to get up and he's going to fall down. He's going to get up. He's going to fall down. And one day he's going to stay up and he's going to learn to walk. But for that little child, ain't no big thing because it's a game. They giggle usually, you know, most of the time or they crawl backwards or all kinds of funny things. But the idea is they learned through failure. There's that F word again that's coming to bite us. But let's look at the idea of how we learn through pra- failure because this idea is without first failing the education would not have been possible for us, for Peter or for anyone else. And so one of my favorite companies is called the 3M Company, right? The 3M Company, because they're the ones that invented Post-it notes. And why am I excited of Post-it notes? Because the glue that Post-it notes uses was originally a failure in another project. And the 3M Corporation is a learning organization, so they did a database, everything, right? Everything that worked, everything that didn't. Well, the failure was the fact that the glue for the Post-it notes, they didn't want to stick all the time, right? It sticks, you you remove it, it sticks again. Well, that's not what they wanted it to do the first time. And so in one project, it was deemed failure. When someone else went into the database and they found the ability going, oh, this is exactly what we wanted to do. So it was a success and now it's a billion dollar industry. So what I want to introduce you to the idea is the idea of success through failure is the ability of a little word called yet. Y-E-T. Because when I was a growing up, right, I was a recovering perfectionist and thinking that the only way you had to do is you had to be perfect the first time. Well, that's not how we learn anything. You can't be perfect. Not even when you walk on water, if it's ice, you're going to have to learn to slip, to fall and to understand going, ah, you just get yourself back up. So when we learn this idea of failure is meaning really, we just haven't succeeded yet. We've learned what not to do. We're a process of eliminating, right? We're learning this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this doesn't work. But ah, this does work. And so this idea is Y-E-T, the word yet. And who do we know well that has used that word? It's called Edison. Remember the little old guy that invented the light bulb? He failed 997 times, and he succeeded on 998. How many of us would have given up on try three? Maybe 12. Maybe we might have made it till 20. But the ego is so devastated when we fail that we just start like, you know, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to be able to go through the failure, that F word, because it's too hard. But Edison didn't do that. He kept just looking at it like, well, that doesn't work. Well, that doesn't work. Well, let's just keep going. And ta-da, 998, he succeeded because he understood the process of failure. When we call it something else, the process of elimination, most people have it absolutely no problem with it. And that's all Peter the plumber was doing in our house, right? Is he processed of eliminated in his mind saying, yep, I looked at the problem. I know what your problem is because I've seen it a thousand times. I know what won't work because I've done it before and it didn't work, but here's what will work now, much like Edison. In order to succeed, 
we had to figure out what wouldn't work first. But many of us never get to the success because we give up too early. Can you imagine if we wouldn't be here right now, if Edison would be have given up and we wouldn't have light bulbs, we wouldn't have electricity, we wouldn't be where we are because we wanted to know how to do something. And so we had to learn. But remember, anything's easy once you know how. The question is, are we willing to learn how? And in plumbing, not so much. Most of us want to hire an expert to come into our house to be able to fix whatever it is that needs fixing. I don't care if it's a car. I don't care if it's plumbing. I don't care if it's installing a ceiling fan. We don't want to expend the time to learn. So we hire an expert to be able to do it right the first time. And that's why they charge us exorbitant fees to come into our home to do something that might take us 10 to 15 minutes because we don't want to spend the 8 to 10 to 12 or maybe even a lifetime to be able to master something. Who is it Malcolm Gladwell was saying? It takes us 10,000 hours to master something. Well, that means look at all the failure that went into the idea of mastery. So I want to be able to look at the idea of failure. And that's why we're going to be talking about the to our many of our guests that you're going to hear on our show over the next coming weeks to be able to look at how are they going to teach us about failure? What are they going to offer us about why they succeeded? Because many people simply give up too soon. And so we're going to learn these strategies much like our friend Edison, much like our new friend Peter is looking at the idea of the concept of yet, the uh, concept of understanding the process of failure. And we don't want to make it vulnerable. We don't want to fail. We don't want to be able to do anything that's going to put us in a position of weakness. And so my suggestion is to be able to make friends with failure, is to know that simply a baseball metaphor, right? You're going to fail more than you succeed when you're up at the plate. And even baseball has got a 500 average, which is supposed to be tops. That's only one out of two tries every time you come to the plate that you're going to succeed. And so this is the idea. And they play baseball for nine innings, sometimes 13 innings and 3,000 games that you're playing a year. And they're doing it time and time again. So the idea is trying to be able to look at how we're going to not let failure stop us. To understand that F word that it's simply a milestone along the way. A trigger that's going to say, nope, that didn't work. Nope, that didn't work. Nope, that didn't work either. Until we get to what works. Because then we will know what works this time and every time. Much like the idea of Peter and coming into our home. I want to be able to offer you a view from the other side. From one who's conquered her fears and won. For most days. And so part of the idea is looking at how we're going to internalize failure, how we're going to define it, how we're going to personalize it, and how we are going to not allow failure to beat us. And so this is something that I think we're going to do very well with looking at the idea of overcoming this abnormal response to failure. So maybe you just decide going, call it something else, right? A rose is a rose is a rose. We're going to look at the idea that failure is simply a process of elimination. Failure is simply one more way how not to go around that mulberry bush. Failure doesn't have to make us vulnerable. Failure doesn't have to hurt the ego. It can simply be the idea of understanding what success looks like. And can't we do that so that it's just simply failure is a process? So I consider myself a recovering perfectionist. I consider myself the ability to look at 
how am I going to change the perspective? Because remember, failure wasn't an option for me up until my doctoral program. Now failure is the only option. And I scare the heck out of a lot of my bosses all the time when I challenge them and say, yes, I want to teach my people how to fail and I want them to do it, get it all out of their system in the first week or two that I've hired them. Then we can teach them to succeed because now we've got all the mistakes out of our system and we're going to go forward successfully. But the idea is not to let us stop it. And it's not to make poke fun at any of this in there because failure is tough. Failure can stop a whole lot of folks in a lot of ways. But I want to be able to offer you a different way to look at failure and to simply see it as a, I haven't succeeded yet. I haven't had the ability to find that 997 ideas and how many ways to go forward. So what we're going to do is I want you to think about this while we're on break. And to be able to think about the different ways that failure has affected you, because in a few minutes, we're going to be bringing Dr. Valerie Weber with us. So please stay with us, and we'll be returning to talk with Dr. Valerie to see what lessons that she has to teach us as part of her illustrious career. So I'm Dr. Cheryl Lentz. We'll be right back after this short break. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish, and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. 
You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And we're back. With us today, we welcome Dr. Valerie Weber, running for state senate in Nevada, as we continue the conversation to take a deeper dive into the idea of failure. So, Dr. Valerie, welcome. Are you with us? I am. Thank you so much, Dr. Cheryl. I'm just so excited to be with you today. Terrific. Well, I'm going to start off with a little bit about Valerie's background, and then I'm going to have her tell us some stories about some very interesting things. So she comes to us with an undergraduate degree in biological science. There's a key note there. Pay attention. She worked in hospitals and the blood center as a medical technologist. She's been in Vegas from 1990 until currently. She has a master's in organizational management. She's been teaching from 2005 to 2015 in humanities, and she served as a legislator in the Nevada State. Assembly from 2002 to 2008. Here's an interesting note. She ran for county commissioner in 2008, and she did not win. Valerie, let me have you take this from here, because you've got an interesting story about Frank Luntz I want our listeners to hear about. (laughs) Thanks. and Wow, I am just so uh, impressed by your opening monologue regarding failure, because as you were talking, I was trying to reference, you know, personal failures and coming out of those um, to share with your audience because I think we all have them and sometimes we're afraid to share them because nobody really talks about it unless you're coming out on the other side of it and then it's okay to talk about it. But while you're in the midst of it, it isn't uh, not only pleasant, but it's nobody wants to hear about it in your in your circle unless uh, you, you've come up with some sort of uh, way that you're going to get out of it because why is failure sometimes it kind of brings down the party, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's and, not one of those be positive aspects of it, right? You want to be able to do it, but it's so important that I think we need to somehow embrace what did you learn from that so somebody else doesn't make go down that road like you did, right? Exactly. And so when you mentioned uh, Dr. Luntz, um, I had been here in Las Vegas. It was right after the election was over in November of 2008. And, uh, I, and Dr. Luntz was talking about more women running for office. And after, the, after he gave his remarks, I went up to him kind of a little defeated and a little deflated. Uh, it was the first time I'd lost a campaign in four years or four times that I'd run. And when I spoke to him, I said, hey, you know what? I was one of those women you were talking about, and I did not prevail. And he wrote in my book that day, it was a copy of his book called Words That Work. Um, he, and, and he wrote these words in there. I didn't even pay attention to them until this spring when I got the book out again because I go, I remember Dr. Luntz had written me a note. And inside the book, I went back and it was dated 11.06.08. And Dr. Luntz had written in my book, it says, run again, victory. And it gave me chills to look at that book this spring when I'm thinking ahead to this election, uh, 11-6 or November 6, 2018, will have been 10 years to the day that Dr. Lance wrote me that note. And I intend to contact him on Twitter and let him know. 
That is amazing. Isn't it amazing how we're looking at things that define us? And so you're now looking for um, a defeat that happened more than 10 years ago. And I can hear the passion in your voice going, oh, my gosh, here I am almost, you know, on the exact day of the November election to be able to look at the possibility of success based on everything Mm -hmm. that you've learned. You bet. Because in the meantime, too, 2008 was kind of the decade of, Wow. Uh, My decade of failure, I guess, is the way I would probably frame it, although until you and I have had this conversation, I wouldn't have probably framed it that way. But in looking back, um, I lost my business. I have a small consulting business, and if anyone in the audience is aware, you know, not only was the Great Recession terrifying for all of us, but it hit Las Vegas very, very hard. And so I lost my business. Um, I had a, a personal bankruptcy in 2011 because the market here was so bad. I almost lost my home. And um, it just was terrifying, to be quite honest. I was able to keep my house. It was underwater for two years. So if you can imagine paying for something that's not worth what that the payments that you're making. But in the meantime, I decided I was going to go back to school. It was time to consider reinventing oneself. And I had always remembered uh, our previous governor, um, who's no longer living, actually, uh, Kenny Glenn, Governor Kenny Glenn, that that I actually served under. Um, He had talked about during his time in office about making sure that the workforce doesn't obsoletize. And then uh, with that thought in my mind, you know, all these things are fleeting as I'm going back to school and considering working on my doctorate. And I thought, well, why do that? You're, you know, you're kind of in this mode of failure. Why would you want to do something? And how do you even approach that since it takes so much uh, cognitive skills and creativity and all of this? And was I really uh, in the mode to start searching for a new direction in the midst of this decade of being a, kind of having this pancake effect, if you will. But I did. I, I went back to school in 2011, and I finished in 2017. But during that time, and I finished, I mean, I got my, um, you know, I earned my PhD in organizational systems. And I have to tell you, Cheryl, Dr. Cheryl, that this was the most amazing time, you know, that God shows you truly that when you are seeking your purpose, that you're going to get there. You have enough time on this earth to actually accomplish that. And that's my takeaway from from this situation is that it wasn't pretty, but you know what? I was able to step back, talk to some of my folks in my inner circle and go, you know what, what am I going to do now and move forward? Because I knew I had skills in there, but they just had to, they had to be brought out again as far as looking at self and reframing our point of reference. And that was my takeaway of, you know, kind of 10 years in a few minutes, but I, I had just seen myself as this appearance of failure loss and kind of being washed up. Well, I love that what you said there, right there, reframing. How are we willing to look differently? Because I know there's amazing stories you always hear going, you know, it might not have been, it was failure in the moment, but it actually turned out to be a silver lining because had this situation not happened, you might not have gone back to school. Had this situation not happened, you might not have done this. And so there's a cause and effect here that it might have been bad in the moment, but it turned out to be a wonderful thing. And so some things I'm looking at the idea of a judgment 
were going, you know, maybe it wasn't such a bad thing at all. At least it didn't turn out to be that. And that's the concept of failures. Many people could have just stopped after the election, right? They could have just stopped and not gone forward. And look at some of the things that you chose to look at it differently going, well, let's try this again. Let's go a different direction because that direction wasn't the direction for you to go. And I think that's brilliant. So let's talk a little bit about this idea of why public office and why now? Because I find some of the things you're doing absolutely fascinating. So let's share some of this story with our audience. Well, after finishing my my PhD last year, I kind of, you know, it's so funny. It was like I was wandering the desert for these 10 years of being away from kind of being out in the public light, if you will, and kind of just hunkering down and, and reacquainting um, my skill set and trying to build build on that area. And I'd always been interested in systems thinking and uh, uh, Peter Senge's uh, approach to what he calls the di- discipline and overcoming our own mo- mental models, as he frames it, and looking towards personal mastery, as you talked about earlier. And I didn't know it was 10,000 hours that are involved in personal mastery, and I, I will not do plumbing in my house, just listening <laughs> to Peter the plumber. So, um, anyway, I um, was looking at, gosh, you know, I, I, honestly, I did not even look to public office again. Uh, part of the story is um, last fall, I was at a political event. My sister-in-law is pretty politically active up in the northern Nevada area in Reno. And she said, hey, why don't you come over? We're going to have a little cocktail party down here. And I was kind of reluctant to go, okay, well, I'll drive across town on a Friday night in traffic, sure, to be with you guys. But uh, what I did do is I joined uh, my sister-in-law, who's just joyful and just always has, uh, you know, positive things and encouraging things to say. And at that particular cocktail party, unbeknownst to me, there was one of my neighbors who I hardly see and political operative came up to me and she said, Hey, Valerie, what about Senate eight? And I looked at her and I go, no, (laughs) no. And I just had no idea that, Oh, this was a whisper that was in my ear last September, what almost a year ago to consider running for the seat, which is what's called an open seat. If your audience is not familiar with that term, it means that the individual who held the seat no longer will be seeking re-election or they were kicked out of office. That happens sometimes as well. So meaning that there's no incumbent in that spot. And so my first inclination was, no, I don't think so. I've already done there, been there, done that. And then the second whisper came along in December, and that is when I totally, like, took the scales off my eyes and said, you know, I can do this. I have the skills to go back to return to public office. I always loved it. It's a privilege to serve. And I just hadn't even thought about it. So it was this quiet prompting in my life that, um, had me reach out to my old team, and they were excited. And I'm, I'm actually now uh, working with the team I had in uh, the last two election cycles back in 06 and 08. And uh, they understand this area, this, this district that we're in, because they defeated the uh, inc- excuse me, the, the challenger last time, if you will, without going into all those kind of details. It was just this new insight that I had into myself that, 
wow, I can do this, and I had the time to do it. I actually took this semester off from teaching to um, engage in uh, returning to campaigning full-time. So let's think as we have just a few minutes before we go to break in there, what was the defining moment? Because instead of focusing on the what you haven't done, you focused on what really gave you passion and exciting. And you could hear that in your voice going, I loved it. And now I may have the opportunity to go back. Mm-hmm. How did you get over the those feelings that... You might be in there. You know, let's go ahead and, and put a stop, put a pin in that for right now. We're going to go to break because I want you to not be interrupted during that story because it's fascinating for you to focus on reframing what you remember because you remember the fabulous parts of it, not some of the failure parts of it. And that's the psychological part that gives you the passion to keep doing what you're doing. So I'm Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Stay with us as we return because we're talking with guest Dr. Valerie Reber about running for public office as the state senate in Nevada. So hold that thought, everybody. We'll be right back from break. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. 
to reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And we're back. Thank you so much for continuing to join us. We are talking with Dr. Valerie Weber in her quest for re-election to this, well, election to the state Senate back in in November election on November 6th. And we wish her well. And we want to talk about the qualifications that you bring to the job, Dr. Valerie, because you have got such an interesting passion that you've done this for four terms already in the House, and now you're going to run for the Senate. So tell us about all of the wonderful gifts you bring to the state of Nevada in doing this. <laughs> oh, that's, I like how you frame that. Um, well, I, as you go back and, and uh, as we look at our last segment, I, I really enjoyed the role of being part of uh, governance and looking at public policy and how what the legislature does and, and, and for the audience to recall Civics 101 that the legislative branch of government is the one that is the lawmakers um, and uh, we, you know every state has their version of that and in Nevada we have 21 senators uh, with our population of about 3,000 folks who live here and I always enjoyed that aspect and listen Listening to um, testimony about people whose lives would be affected by what we were doing, I, I took those responsibilities quite soberly and very seriously because the responsibility is is grave. Um, because we're making again, we're making decisions for not only people in our in our home districts, but for the state as a whole, and looking at budgets and uh, policies such as you know state infrastructure for roads and uh, for corrections. Uh, the health care, um, looking at education, of course, and that is quite uh, the focus in our state as we're moving into this election cycle. And the qualifications, um, that's interesting that how people frame those in the respect of, well, you know, there's really minimal qualifications as far as the state constitution is concerned. Um, You need to be at least 21 years of age and lived here for at least six months, I believe. Those are real minimal. Um, But the the, uh, qualifications that I actually take into this election cycle is I already know the process, and the process of of a bill becoming a law is not easily done, may I add. Um, I won't even go into the process, but if there's at least six steps before a bill becomes a law. So we have to think about, you know, all the parties weighing in on on that, and you have advocacy groups and and those who uh, want to make sure that the law is solid so if it's passed that it makes sense for the state. Um, Knowledge of the issues would be another area that um, I've been following over the course of time. Things that are going on in education um, as well as public safety and neighborhood issues. Um, You know, things have changed since I was there 10 years ago. Um, Collegiality, that is one that actually um, I would like to be part of to continue the dialogue of uh, working across the aisle 
well with with uh, with folks. Um, I did that. I thought quite well while I was in office, um, and at the same time, you know, being in a position, not being in the power of a party of power, meaning that you know so many members can constitute the majority party and leftovers of the minority party. If you're in the minority party, it's harder to pass your legislation because the other team can block what you want to do. So knowledge of the process and the issues, and like I said, it can hit the ground running. Uh, relationships with people, to me, is very, very critical. And um, I've already, uh, years ago, established uh, relationships with some folks who are still there, believe it or not. And not that they're career politicians, but everyone involved with the process, from the staff to um, individuals who um, are a part of the process from the business community, as well as the elected officials. And to me, the most important part of the role um, and qualifications is to be able to give those um, individuals who may not otherwise have a voice in the process. I think that's very critical. Well, I think something, if I can just step in here, is that is something you do very well. You and I have known each other for decades, and I'm always amazed at your ability to bring people together. You will get people dialoguing and talking, and it doesn't matter even if they're on polar opposites of an issue, that you will get them talking, and that's really the ability is to, you don't have to be disagreeable to disagree. You simply have to have that voice and that relationship to have that collegiality you have referred to, to have that ability to get things done and that's part of what impresses me about your ability to be fearless and being able to what we were talking about earlier is how many people that you're looking at in your constituency I mean not only just in your district but in the entire state that you may represent to help get job done I mean we're talking more than 70,000 people that's absolutely strikes heart fear in my heart to know and you're like ain't no big thing <laughs> well, I have to find them all before they start voting here in about 99 days. So <laughs> uh, it, it's it's a daunting task some days, but, you know, it's a pleasure because it's kind of like a giant puzzle in a way of how do you get your message to people and how do you get to, you know, either figuratively or literally shake their hand. And to me, that's the, the, the initial step in creating a relationship, or I've, I've said for a long time, we're only one handshake or a smile away from beginning a friendship. So how can we find the common ground and move forward together? And, um, you know, there are some difficult issues. I have to say that we have some very critical ones in the state of Nevada, just like other states. We're not unique in that respect, but uh, that we can get the job here if we all work together and, you know, make it work. Well, the one quote that comes to mind when you were speaking is, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that is your greatest Mm -hmm. gift that you bring to people is you always have that ability to make them smile. You look them directly in the eye and you are just such a natural charisma that I remember that you can do that on the phone with me. And every time you and I speak, it's just a matter of, oh, this woman just lights up a room every time she goes into one. And that is just such an amazing, magical quality that you have. But you always make sure that the person in front of you is the most important person in front of you at that moment in time and that is just such a gift that you bring to the world so well thank you very much um, Cheryl I, if we have time for a quick story I want to tell you a, a story that happened in the legislature when I was there last if, if we have a second yep absolutely um, let's let's quickly wrap this up but we can do the story uh, so here's the story um, I had a bill on what's called cosmetic uh, permanent 
cosmetics, you know, that, you know, like the eyeliner and um, eyebrows, you know, it's like a tattoo, but it's around your eyes. And uh, I had this bill because I felt that, you know, it, we needed to have some public uh, or some consumer safety attached to this type of issue. I found out in uh, looking at other states that some states didn't even allow it because it was tattooing around the eye. About fast forward through the story is um, when I was testifying on the bill, there was this young girl in the audience or young woman with her father. And as I came out of the, the committee hearing, she ripped me a new one in the hallway. I mean, she was angry. Like, I, she was a tattoo artist, and she said, you're trying to put me out of business, and I can't believe it. You brought a bill like that. And I go, listen, let's go take a walk down the hall. Let's go in my office. Let's talk about it. So she got it all out of what I was doing to ruin her life and all these kinds of things. And, wow, it was tough. It was tough. I listened to that for 45 minutes. And then finally I go, is there anything else? And she said, no, I think I'm about done here. And I go, listen, let's work together. I am here to provide more safety to the public. I don't want to put you out of business. I want you to make money. Remember, I'm a, I work in business as well. So we had, we talked through how we can make it so that she could continue to do what she could do. Um, just have a, a little bit of training as far as, you know, looking at a no- national organization. She was willing to do that. And at the end of these 45 grueling and heart-wrenching moments, um, she looked at me, this is her story, she looked at me across the aisle with her dad and across the desk, and she said, wait a minute, now, I'm on your team now. How did you do that? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> See, I'm telling you, it's a gift that you have to be able to bring someone, even who has a polar opposite, different perspective than you have to be able to see it from a different vantage point and to still find the ability to work together. And I admire that quality in leadership because it is not one that's easily attained. Well, I, I had fun with it. And, and by the way, the bill never passed. So you know, I've got to go back and find out if anybody did anything about that. So <laughs> I was, love that. Uh, I think I think it's a great story for you to capitalize on how do we take difficult, grueling, 45-minute moments of somebody essentially telling you what for to be able to transform it into a situation where you can both be on the same team. I think, isn't that the whole purpose of politics? Well, I think it is. Um, I'm sure that there are others that might uh, disagree with that approach, but, you know, they're welcome to do it their own way and, um, you know, build their relationships the way that they do. Outstanding. Well, we have a final two minutes of our segment here. So tell us, what would be the one lesson learned you'd like to share with our guests before we conclude our segment today? Well, I, you know, I was looking at the takeaways for the audience, and I just I wrote down some that um, may be helpful for some, and I hope that whomever is listening to our broadcast today can just be encouraged because we all fail. We all fail. And yet we pick ourselves up and keep moving forward. And the, the thoughts I have is just pay attention to the small voices in your head, the, the still voices that try to get your attention as you Look at your life's purpose and calling. Along the way, we do stumble and fall, um, and it's picking ourselves up and going through uh, the the travels of of resilience and starting to build resilience in ourselves. Um, I ask my students every semester, what are you going to do with your one and only life? Because it will involve some failures. So find 
an inner circle. Do what makes your heart sing and celebrate when you find it. Um, get to know yourself really well and then be a student of how you can help others because we can help others by sharing where we failed so that we can help them along the way and um, have great empathy towards business because it's tough, you know, when you're a sole proprietor and some days I'm sure you just want to just put the towel over your head and then just toss it in. Um, but just be encouraged and we all go through failure, but we all can come out on the other side and learn a lot and continue to grow. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And for those of you listening in, we have enjoyed having Dr. Valerie Weber. She will be joining the November election on the state Senate ballot in the state of Nevada. I hope you'll continue to join me. Welcome us back as we go to break. I have a few parting thoughts to work to share with you. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining us, Valerie. We loved what you shared with us. Good luck in the election. Thank you so much, Dr. Cheryl. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. 
to reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And welcome back from break. We had a wonderful time talking with Dr. Valerie Weber regarding her experience as a state politician, some wonderful messages that she had about failure. What I admire most about Dr. Valerie and others like her is their ability to face some very interesting odds. Her story about being given what for and taken to task for 45 minutes to be able to listen to someone is such an amazing story for us to think about the lessons. Because remember, the quote that I have is, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Some people just want the ability to have their voices heard. And the idea is, as Valerie was saying, is it's not quite just failure. It's the ability to serve because we're not always going to succeed. And we have to accept that as part of being human. And to see, my favorite quote is, if, if not you, then who? And if not now, then when? We all have an opportunity that's facing us that we only have two choices. Either you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And in being part of the solution, we're probably going to fail quite a bit to get there. I'm interested in being able to help you learn through the process of failure so you'll be the one that's still standing when the music stops. The idea of going into politics or whatever career, remember we started with talking about Peter the Plumber, is the ability is anything's easy once you know how. Why is Dr. Valerie going back and doing this after so many years? She's been out of the game for 10 years now, but she was a four-term representative the first time around, and she thinks of it as a privilege to serve and a calling and a passion to serve. And so how many of us look at, gee, I would love to, but... I would really like to, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I might not win, so I won't run. I'm afraid that I might not do, uh, have this ability and this opportunity, so I'm not going to do it. For many of us, as I opened up this segment, is the fact that we are so afraid to fail that we're often too afraid to try. And I'd like to help us reverse that. I'd like to be able to go back to when you were a child, to go back to that sense of fearlessness. I'm always amazed with, you know, children on the ski slopes that five or six years old, these kids are flying down the mountain. Why? They haven't learned fear yet. They think they're made of rubber. And within a day or two, even if they fall, they bounce rack up. No big deal. Um, We learn fear as an adult. I don't ski anymore because I know that broken broken bones are a possibility. And I don't want to be on crutches because I remember the pain. And this is the part that fear teaches us, is the pain, the difficulty, the lack of success, the 45 minutes, as in Dr. Valerie's stories, of being taken to task, the things that didn't work out, the money that we didn't have. I mean, she almost lost her home. She almost lost more, way more than the election. And she actually did lose an election um, when she was running for this, the county commission seat in 2008. But yet, she's still willing to play the game. And the fact that she won the primary. I was so amazed when I saw and she won by like, I think, 2,200 votes. I mean, that is amazing to beat someone else that's in there and to be able to be willing to put it up and make the college try. Because I know there's so many of us. Have you written that book yet? Have you run for public office? Have you done something that scares you? 
And so this is where we want to look at the idea of failure. Remember Edison. You imagine the world we'd live in if he would have given up at try number seven, try number 15, try number 18. Quick story before we end for today in our segment is the fact that I found nothing in my dissertation and thought I had failed. And much like Valerie, it was a learning point for me to understand that finding nothing is finding something. I am one of the very few people you will meet who proved an academic speak called proving a null hypothesis. All that means is in my dissertation, I found nothing, not a zip, zero. I thought I had failed. I remember going to my mentor. My mentor, I was his first student, and he patted me on the head metaphorically. He said, have I taught you nothing, young Padawan? As you found one way how not to build a light bulb. And it's valuable. And you're going to teach people a road not to travel. And so that's what I want you to look at is the idea is anything's easy once we know how, but even finding a road not to travel is valuable so that we know we get on the right path to find our passion, to find our way of service, to find our way of moving forward through the darkness, so to speak. And so I hope that you will understand this idea of failure is not to dwell on what doesn't work, but to use it as a way of getting through what doesn't work. And again, trying is amazing opportunity. It's just all success is, is getting up one more time than you fell down. And sometimes you just get yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you start all over again. But you start from a place of knowledge. You start with all of the wonderful things you learned along the way. Isn't that amazing when Dr. Valley is like, I'm not going into the state Senate cold. I've been there four times. I have relationships with people who are already there. How wonderful that she's not starting from ground zero. She's already starting with having the ability to look at what she has done. And so I want to have the ability to give you some of these messages and so that you will have the ability to look at what's important to you. What's the ability for you to look at how are you going to make sure that you have everything that you need when you're going the next time? You're going to have the ability to look at, well, why is this going to be important? What will you do next time? What will you do the ability to make it better the next time around? And so I want to be able to let you know today that just make sure that even though our conversation is ending today, and just for our suggestion, let's keep the conversation going. I have my Twitter handle at Dr. Cheryl Lentz. We have our Facebook page that's available. We have our website now, www.failfastersucceedsooner, and my email address, drsherylentz.com. So make sure that when you're looking to continue this conversation in there, ask the questions that we want to have answered. Just like we started this segment, is have you ever thought about running for public office? Connect with me on our Facebook page, which is, coincidentally enough, at Success Through Failure, and ask a question. You might actually hear the question answered that we can do on air here as part of a new segment with one of our guests. So think about taking the time to look at failure. Look at the friendship you might find with failure. Look at the opportunity of lessons given to you as a gift through failure. It's not a bad thing. It can be an opportunity, and it's all about how we frame it. Are you a half-empty or a half-full kind of person? So remember, the whole topic of this show is fail faster, succeed sooner. And we're going to offer you the ability to 
learn some tricks and strategies along the way. And we want to hear about your stories and strategies along the way as well. So tell us your favorite fail through success story. Teach us your best techniques. But whatever you do, don't give up. So keep thinking your way through success. And you will come and find us every Thursday at noon Central Standard Time to be able to talk with us as we interview some amazing guests along the way that will share with you their success through failure stories. So I want to thank you for joining me today. My name is Dr. Cheryl Lentz. I will be here every Thursday from noon Central Standard Time so that you're listening to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the radio show that teaches success through failure. Have a fabulous week. We will catch you online. And until then... Keep thinking your way to success. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. I'm Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Thank you for joining us this week for Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Dr. Cheryl Lentz invites you to listen again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time for you to find your success. We'll talk again next week.